1: Tune in for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: Whether you're driving to work or doing laundry, Crime on Tap will be sure to fulfill your true crime fix each week.
1: And now, buckle up for this week's episode. Listen and enjoy. Hello, everyone.
0: We're back yet again.
1: <laughs> we are back and we are doing a special early morning edition of Crime on Tap. I mean, the mornings are my favorite. I feel the most awake in the morning. But Megan, I know you you like to sleep in.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I'm the exact opposite. I had to have several alarms, have my boyfriend be on wake up duty. It, it, it was this whole fanfare in order to get me up.
1: Multiple cups of coffee. You had to take a shower just to wake you up. Mm-hmm. But here I am, unshowered, not clean, a little stinky, and I'm ready to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> G-M-I, right? Is that is that what the kids say nowadays? Uh,
1: I, I think. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Anyways, welcome back, everybody. If you listened last week, which we really advise you to listen to last week's episode, because if you didn't, you would have no idea what we're talking about today. Right. <laughs> we are doing the part two of American Murder: The Family Next Door. I am so glad we never have to say that name again. <laughs>
0: yes, I don't know why it just will not stick in my head.
1: It honestly is not a good title. I didn't really. I don't. I don't like it. It's hard to say.
0: Yeah, it's not a good title. If the people that have watched it don't even know what it says anymore. <laughs>
1: you. <laughs> It should just say, like, the Watts family murder mystery. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. You got all these different words in it. I can't understand it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All the the crazy words.
1: (laughs) So, Megan, Mm -hmm. you heard the beer tap pull. So, what are you drinking today?
0: I am drinking coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I have to go to work this afternoon. So, otherwise, of course, mimosa. Oh, yes. But we got to keep it kosher. So, I'm drinking Starbucks Columbian. Usually... I like flavored coffee, but my boyfriend makes a whole pot, and I'm not one to waste. So I just drink the Colombian. (laughs) It's pretty good.
1: <laughs> well, I'm also drinking coffee, but I'm drinking Starbucks Pike Place, which is pretty comparable to Colombian, I would say. Is
0: that like a medium roast?
1: Yeah, it's a good medium roast. A little medium caffeine intake.
0: I, I need mean maximum. Even though Colombian isn't a dark <laughs> roast or anything, I just will have eight cups.
1: <laughs> but guys, if you are enjoying our podcast, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at Crime on Tap Pod. We'll be updating you weekly on our new podcast, New True Crimes, that we'll be diving into too so be sure to follow us on all of our socials megan are you ready to get into part two of this insane true crime
0: i am so ready i've been waiting <laughs> where we left off last episode chris watts had just taken the polygraph test mm-hmm. so
1: that insanely we... horrific polygraph test that he took
0: yes with the striped sweater lady <laughs> who rules the police station in my opinion I... she should be chief of police
1: I I wish we knew her name. You know, like, we had a week to find out what her name was, and here we are. (laughs) We called her the investigator lady, the polygraph lady, the polygrapher, the striped sweater lady. (laughs) We just can't figure out a good name for her. (laughs)
0: I feel like that'll take away some of her mystique if we know her name though, right? No,
1: we're just keeping her identity under wrap.
0: (laughs) Yes. So now we are back about at the 40-minute mark. We have a clip of Cece, the youngest daughter, singing, My daddy is my hero. He helps me grow big and strong. And she's singing in her little cute baby voice, singing a song about how much she loves her daddy and how he's a superhero. It's just a gut-wrenching video. She's so cute Mm -hmm. and... It's just so sad.
1: Netflix really is pulling heartstrings with this one. Beautifully done documentary where they're showing her father failing the polygraph, basically, and then cutting to her a cute little video of her saying that her daddy's her hero. Like, you just know something bad is going to happen.
0: Yes. Splicing the the cute picture and videos of the innocent girls is just, mm-hmm. it really makes it tough to watch. Many times I had to pause and take a breath. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know how accurate that is because, guys, we have a Google document where we keep notes. And Megan puts in there <laughs> that this video didn't
0: age well, now did it? <laughs> I also said, yikes, actually. Yikes, that didn't age well.
1: <laughs> and then I have a comment that says "Her his girls love him so much.
0: <laughs> yes. So we, we were approaching it at, at diff- from different angles, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now we're going back to the North Carolina trip. So it's July 31st Mm -hmm. and Chris finally flies down to join them. Shanann says, text me. I want to videotape the girls greeting you. So I getting the impression that it's very performative. Yeah. This video, you know, she just wants to get those Facebook likes that, Oh, look so cute. So we see the video and this is another awkward video in my opinion, where he comes off the plane and the girls go up and hug him. And they're like, daddy, 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 airplane daddy. He's like, Yeah, airplane. <laughs> he's just like, so doesn't want to be there. And he's just not good at hiding his emotions, I feel like. He's Maybe because we know the backstory, but I just feel like he isn't a good actor. <laughs> I guess.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, proven because we see text messages of Shanann later on in the trip, texting her friend, Nicole, he's not touching her. They've been apart for, they've been apart for six weeks. And all he did was give her a little peck coming off the airplane. I think she also says like, he hasn't touched me. He hasn't grabbed my ass. And all he did was give me a little kiss after the plane ride or something.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. She called it ass grabbins, no grabbin, (laughs) ass grabbins or something. And one part that was kind of funny, it just makes Chris looks like such a asshole really she was texting a friend saying I took a shower before bed which is always a signal that I'm I'm looking for some nookie noogie I don't know (laughs) and so she's sitting on the bed kind of like hee hee and he's over in the corner doing Mm push-ups so then she's like I'm just crying silently in the corner and I'm like oh girl
1: which in the beginning really a lot of the messages that we see between Shanann and Nicole are only like about how she's not getting any sex from Chris and it's like I was like infuriated I like, they're making it seem like all she cares about is getting sex. But I guess it does make sense because they haven't seen each other in six weeks. All she wants is a little touchy-touchy playtime, and <laughs> she's not getting it. So maybe that puts in her mind that he's possibly cheating.
0: Mm-hmm. That something just isn't right.
1: As good of as a liar that Chris thinks he is, if he wants to make whatever he's doing more believable, he would give her sex to not give her doubt.
0: He's just isn't a good sociopath, I guess. <laughs> what a failure.
1: He's not like uh, Jake Paul or Logan Paul, right? He's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: he also bringing back the ice cream thing from last episode he uses that as like oh i'm just not feeling it because you fought Mm -hmm. with my parents and i'm like okay (laughs) like
1: come on have a little bit of communication tell her you're upset and move on from the situation and have sex it's such a bad excuse i didn't think it was a good one
0: (laughs) no i agree
1: (laughs) the next clip we get are what you all have been waiting for the Mm -hmm. results of the polygraph the polygraph in this case it's pretty determining of what's happening here if you guys guys couldn't have guessed it chris fails the polygraph miserably (laughs) <laughs> and it's confirmed by our woman in striped clothing, the polygrapher whatever her name is, she basically tells Chris, you failed.
0: And he's insisting that he didn't lie what I love about this is that the woman and her partner, they're doing a good cop, bad cop, like so clearly, yeah. like it's a body cop drama or comedy or something she's like, okay, it's not really a question of if you're lying or not we know you're lying, we just need to know what the truth is. Yeah. She's like, S- stop just stop saying, like <laughs> That's no longer an option right now. We're not. We're not here to play games. We're not here to do any of that with you. We just want to know what happened. So can you start from the beginning and tell us what happened? Everything that I've I told you, I've not lie on this polygraph. I am.
1: I don't know how much I could. I could tell you right now, like I did not. It's
0: not, no. even, it's not even. It's not an option right now. You did, no. you did not pass the polygraph. No. So I know you were being deceptive. So. That's not even an issue right now. The issue right now is what happened to Shan, Bella,
1: and I'm pretty sure her partner, what's his name, was Craig or Greg, the other detective in the room? Graham. He's like, yeah. he's like it's up. it's over, we know what's going on, take a deep breath and just tell us what happened. They're doing a great job. They're doing their job basically. They're like, we know what you said, we know what's going on, we know you're lying about the situation, just tell us what happened and just come clean. This is the part where I like love the woman in striped clothing so much because she's not intimidated at all. Like, imagine being her after the results are coming through from this lie detector test, basically confirming that this man killed his wife and two children. I don't even know how I would react. Like, she's just so calm. She's not, like, intimidated at all. She's doing her job. She's going to get the answers so she can collect her paycheck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also I think it's interesting. Like they're in Frederick, Colorado, and they make it sound like it's a small town, nothing ever happens. But yeah. she acts like she is a seasoned veteran of these type of heinous crimes. Like,
1: but the other thing is too, it's like Chris. He had to have known he was going to fail this. I don't understand why he took the poly. You know, I don't want to spoil anything, but he knew everything that he was saying was a lie, and he wants to take this polygraph that's literally going to show that his lies were actually a lie, and everyone was going to know what happened.
0: Well, I've read a lot of articles just because I'm so obsessed with this <laughs> but a lot of those articles talk to psychiatrists psychologists and they kind of think it's his narcissism that mm-hmm. he believes that he can get away with it yeah. he believes that it'll just work out for him because I'm Chris Watts man
1: <laughs> so the next scene that we see is of the confirmed mistress again he's lying he was not only lying to his wife Shanann when she confronted him about there being another woman but he lied to one of the detectives about cheating on his wife and now we get proof that a woman by the name of nicole kessinger another nicole this time without a k (laughs)
0: yeah without a k and without an e
1: (laughs) and she comes into the police station to talk and she mentions that nobody knows she's here chris doesn't know she's here her family doesn't know what's going on miss nicole and chris they met at work nicole was under the impression that chris was separated from his wife or not so much separated but they were going to be separated and she confirms and admits that the friendship went beyond a friendship
0: right And then we get pictures kissing on the cheek, a video where she's saying, oh, you mean so much to me. Thank you so much for coming out here with me, Christopher. I'm having a wonderful time. You mean a lot to me. And I'm glad that you're having a blast. I am so out of breath. (sighs) The reason why she came forward was because she saw on the news that Shanann was pregnant. And she's like, okay, so what he's been telling me clearly, things aren't right. And so that made her kind of like, oh God, what else is he lying about making her question everything? And she's like, you know what? I'm going to come forward and help and give everything I can.
1: When Netflix is showing us the photos of Nicole and Chris, it's like, again, like he's at this point, he's not even trying to hide it. So there is definitely some like premeditated efforts to end the relationship. He had no thinking of ever saving the relationship with Shanann, because for one, he was clearly taking photos with his mistress. He's not giving Shanann sex, which is another clear sign of there's probably something going on. But I mean, from what you can see, early on, he was not even trying to hide it anymore. Clearly something was going to happen. He was going to end the relationship one way or another. It's just sad that it ended the way it did.
0: Yeah, and I feel bad for Nicole without an E. Bad about
1: her name or the situation?
0: Both. Um... (laughs) their entire relationship was based on lies. She couldn't make informed decisions because she had no idea what she was getting into.
1: (laughs) Um, So now we get a cut back to the polygraph room, which I'm sorry guys if you can't keep up. There's a lot of like forward, then they go backwards. It's just a lot to keep up
0: with. Mm -hmm. Each clip they add more information to what we already know. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Um, So now we are back in the polygraph room where the detectives are talking to Chris trying to get answers out of him. They bring up his mistress, Nicole, and they basically say we already knew about it chris confirms he doesn't lie anymore i think he's realizing that he's in a situation that he's not going to be able to get out of so he might as well start telling the truth about some things to maybe make more lies to make those might seem believable if he admits cheating on Shanann, maybe some future lies that he tells they'll think that he's telling the truth my takeaway from it i
0: kind of got that feeling too like he even kind of tries to justify failing it like i never hurt Shanann physically i did hurt her emotionally like oh yeah. that that's why i fail, because of this nuanced sort of thing and they just just don't buy it.
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing. When you are a proven liar, it's really hard to get your reputation back, especially in a situation as extreme as this. This isn't just like a cheating on my wife situation, getting a divorce. This is like people are missing, your family's missing, and you're lying. So what else are you lying about? (laughs) He really didn't plan these things out, I feel like, Mm because he
0: just thought it'd all work out.
1: And then we get the detectives basically saying, we didn't ask you about Nicole, your mistress, in the polygraph because we already knew about her. So there was no reason that you would ask that question because we would have known that you would have been lying anyway. Oh, and they also mentioned that they don't think Nicole had anything to do with the disappearance or anything. They just think she was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Her name is unfortunate. She just put in was unfortunate. The yeah. was it was unfortunate. The detectives, they just believe what she's saying. And in, you mean, when you see the interview of Nicole speaking, she's either a really good liar, like Casey Anthony, or she just mm-hmm. is telling the truth. But I think she was telling the truth.
0: Yeah, she seems just so flabbergasted and just doesn't even know how to process everything. Yeah, We get the good cop, bad cop thing again with the woman showing a picture of of his girls being like I'm showing you a picture of your girls that are missing you're not even shedding a tear you're saying that you were bawling hysterically at this emotional conversation about separation but not when your kids are missing Yeah, and he just doesn't really say anything
1: (laughs) well he's like don't take it as that don't take it as me not crying or shedding tears not as me missing my daughters which everyone's going to right if you're a good sociopath you know how to get out of these situations clearly he's not a good sociopath
0: yeah they're able to mimic what normal people would do exactly
1: you know a good sociopath would have had this planned out months in advance it seemed like what he did was a very like rash decision and he was trying to scramble to come up with these lies to think of lies quickly and then wasn't really thinking of the repercussions that came from them he could have easily have not taken the polygraph it could have went to trial that's what he could have done yes Oh my God. Okay. So we have to bring up how the woman detective doing the polygraph, mm-hmm. to get her basically saying, which I think is also genius that she's bringing this up. She's asking Chris if Shanann had anything to do with the disappearance of the kids. She's basically saying, did Shanann kill the kids? And then you had to do something to Shanann? Chris,
0: did Shanann do something to them? No, I don't know. I'm serious. I have no
1: clue. So you wouldn't know. They didn't leave the house.
0: Well, did well, Shanann do something to them and then did you feel like you had to do something to Shanann?
1: Well, he doesn't say anything at first. He just right. identifies it. Nothing happened. He's never hurt Shanann. Blah, 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 blah. He only hurt her emotionally. And mm. then, basically, we get Chris crying for his daddy.
0: Yes! <laughs> like, I want to talk to my daddy.
1: He's begging, like, the detectives to talk to his dad in private. The detectives are like, I don't know. Like, should we let him? But well, you know, like, just, of course, they're going to let him talk because he's in a vulnerable situation. So they want as many answers they can get. I guarantee that they talked to the father before. I bet the father was watching the polygraph test and everything and mm-hmm. they probably had him prepped and ready to go in there to get answers out of chris so
0: they do talk alone but it's all recorded with mm-hmm. chris's father they're like yeah we'll let your dad in if you tell him what happened <laughs> <laughs> and
1: he's like okay i'll tell him everything so next we cut into his father coming in to the polygraph room the detectives leave it's just chris and his dad and basically his dad is wtf is going on chris you need to tell me what happened you need to tell me what's going on where are the girls begging him for any information that
0: he could tell Chris kind of starts off by saying I don't think that they're gonna let me go and his dad was like any reason they shouldn't let you go kind of prompting (laughs) him which I think totally goes along with your theory that they prepped the dad before kind of like he failed the polygraph we gotta get the truth out of him and I'm sure the dad being his father was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt he almost Mm -hmm. seemed relieved when Chris gives his story that was pretty much handed to him on a silver platter
1: yep and we both without even talking we both had this assumption yes which is that crazy.
0: He was like, Oh, actually Shanann smothered the girls, and I just in a rage choked her mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do, so I just got rid of the bodies. But he tells his dad what he did. And I feel like our detective lady friend did that to see if he would take the bait and like, oh, he's lying. I handed him this story. We know he's lying. I just said yeah. it two minutes ago. <laughs> she,
1: she literally wrote the story for us. Like, how convenient was it of her to basically tell him what to say? And he took the bait and he was like, Yeah, uh Shanann killed the kids because he was going to leave her so Shanann killed the kids so he killed Shanann
0: yeah like you're never going to see your kids again just freaked out right? if you won't be with me then can't be with the kids I don't know
1: yeah I don't know how he thought that was going to go over I just cannot see anybody believing that Shanann would kill her kids
0: well even saying it out loud I was like this doesn't make sense
1: (laughs) I know just listening to him I'm sure his father was like uh I don't believe this (laughs) because I didn't believe it I don't think anybody believed it
0: I think the dad really wanted to believe it he's like rubbing his back and and everything, because the detectives come back in and even the woman detective she's rubbing his back too, like kind of lulling him into oh we believe you it's all done now she's a genius
1: yeah she's great that was the other thing too i don't know how i could be in that situation where somebody is literally confessing to murdering somebody and the people in the room are like rubbing his back trying to make him feel okay and it's like i would not have that reaction to somebody who just admitted to murdering somebody i would have a totally different reaction
0: yeah i'd be like what the fuck Yeah, so the detectives come back in and they're like, you gotta tell us where the bodies are and he's like, they're never coming back, they're gone forever and they're like, well yeah, we yeah we get that but we <laughs> need to know where the bodies are. We understand the situation, we know they're dead. Yeah, we're not just gonna leave them out in the middle of wherever and mm-hmm. he's very reluctant to tell them where the bodies are. He even asks well what's gonna happen when you find them yeah. which I find really interesting. And she's and... like trying
1: to convince him that like you don't want anybody else to find the bodies you want to tell us where they are so we you can find them because you don't want somebody else seeing that
0: yeah and they're and they're trying to appeal to you're still their dad and you don't want those girls to be out in the cold and and all mm-hmm. this stuff and he finally admits where they are at the work site we mentioned before because it's mm-hmm. all circling back he buried shenan in a shallow grave wrapped in a bed sheet and he put the girls in the oil tanks
1: yeah which she must have came out of the bed sheet because they found the bed sheet floating around on the oil fields they ask him they're like what is his bed sheet? And he's like, Oh, that's the that's the bed sheet I wrapped him in. So you knew the bed sheet was not buried with her, and you went back in your car without the bed sheet. You're literally just leaving evidence with all of the DNA and everything on it. You know what kind of he he was I'm sorry, but he's not a good murderer. No. <laughs> but like that's
0: the other thing. It was just like, how do you just leave evidence out there? I don't understand. So once he confesses about where the bodies are, the detectives love them. They do a 180 and they're like, Yeah, so we don't believe you. We you think that you got a hot young girlfriend and (laughs) wanted a new life and you killed everyone and just hope it worked out or something they really did they're like oh it's everything's okay we understand and then to get out where the bodies were and as soon as he told them they're like all right so we don't believe you (laughs) which this
1: brings us to what we mentioned in the last episode was how the police in colorado did a great job and we will not say that often It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't add up. So, either you're this monster so I just want this young, hot girlfriend. So I'm gonna kill everyone
0: and hope it works out. No, finally some cops and detectives are on their shit.
1: I know. Just get the woman in a striped sweater and Craig on any case and they can get it all. <laughs>
0: yes. They are quite the duo.
1: Next we get the polygrapher, the woman in striped clothing. Can we just give her a name?
0: what's a good na- a strong name for her mm. like a strong woman about denise denise i'm down for denise
1: <laughs> okay so the woman in striped clothing we have officially called her denise because okay. it's getting too difficult to keep referring to her to all these other names besides denise
0: <laughs> yes so she's now denise
1: so now we have denise asking chris if it's okay if they tell the public that Shanann killed the kids and that chris had to kill Shanann for killing the kids and chris basically is like, yep, I want everybody to know that Shanann killed the kids. Tell everybody. Mm-hmm.
0: And he just keeps repeating, I didn't I didn't do anything to them. It's fine if you tell everyone because I didn't do it.
1: Yep. There is somewhat of a case that he can make from this. And he can basically just say that he wanted to get a separation from her and she was enraged. She took off her wedding ring, put it on the nightstand in which Chris found the day that she was missing. So he can say she took off her wedding ring, she ran out the room, and she killed the kids. Or it could go tragically in a different direction. No. In its favor.
0: Right. <laughs> The next part, we get like a title card that says three days before the murder. We see shots, picture shots of this letter, this long letter she wrote to him before she left for her trip, talking about how much she loves him and misses what they used to be and that she's willing to fight for their marriage and she loves their life and loves their family and is going to be a better partner.
1: Mm -hmm. And this is only three days before she's murdered. This is the trip that she took to Arizona with Nicole for some training or something, right?
0: Yes, with Thrive. (laughs) Level up with Thrive. oh god
1: oh my god is there a Thrive community going to come for us
0: oh my god the army of Hunbots they're going to be like
1: they're going to come for us because we're literally blaming Thrive and the MLM community for causing the murder of (laughs) Shanann
0: I mean essentially they're going to be like oh I heard on the podcast that you drink a lot of coffee you know it would be even better this Thrive patch (laughs) it has caffeine in it absorbs quickly into your skin yeah and it starts shaking (laughs) So after we see that little part about the note, they place him under arrest mm-hmm. and they're taking pictures of him.
1: Which I guess it makes sense they're taking pictures of him because it's only three days after the murder of what he's saying that he killed Shanann. So I'm assuming they're taking pictures of his hands and his body to see if there's any scratches, there was any fighting back from Shanann. It could be possibly bruises or something on him. So I guess it does make sense that they're like stripping him down literally in the same room. Like this is all happening in the polygraph room. This is all <laughs> the same day. Like. Like, within a mere hours, we had answers, and they're arresting him.
0: Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much information, how much stuff happens <laughs> in, in this short amount of time.
1: Yeah. So now we get a cut to some press statements, some media showing that Shanann was recovered from the work site that Chris said he buried her. And then they also say that they're working on recovering the girls from the oil tanks, which is just so sad to even think about. Oh my god, how could you even get into it? How could you just put your kids in an oil tank?
0: Like, even if someone else else killed them. I feel like wouldn't you want a little something ceremoniously? Like, yeah, that's why it's like that doesn't believe. Like, if you really love these girls and were so sad that your wife supposedly killed them, mm-hmm. you just chuck them in the oil tank. It's so like trash.
1: Throw them in the oil tank.
0: Now we get the title card two days before the murders. Chris gets a babysitter so that he could go on a date with Nicole without an E. He tells Shanann that he's going to some sports game. I don't know sports, so I didn't pay attention to what <laughs> game it was, who it was, but it was a sport activity. <laughs> and they end up actually going to the lazy dog cafe together, like a bar, and so they're eating, they're drinking, having a good time. Then they go to Nicole's place after and hang out, and he gets home around 10 30 ish.
1: So we get a little video from Nicole explaining what's going on because Shan Shanan is not with us anymore, so she can't tell us what's happening. But Nicole tells us, Nicole with a K. Okay, Shanann's yeah. best friend, Nicole with a K. She tells us that Shanann saw on her bank statement that there was a charge for the Lazy Dog Cafe. And Shanann's like, Why is he at the Lazy Dog Cafe? He said he was going to some sporting event or whatever. He basically lied about where he was going. And she sees, Shanann sees on the bill that it was around $63 for the meal. She's thinking, Why is he spending $60 for a meal for just himself? Because she also looks up the menu for the Lazy Dog Cafe. And she's like, Where's all this money? Where is this coming from? Where's these charges coming from? What did he get? She
0: even asks, She even point blank asks him, All right, so what'd you order? And he tells her, and she's like yeah that that comes out to about $35 yeah. like where's the rest like she is investigating yeah. and this is the reason mostly that you know when she's come home Nicole her best friend was worried about her because she was so distressed that weekend because of figuring this out and I mean yeah. at this point she's like okay I mean there has to be an affair she knows because she has a security camera hooked up to her phone that he doesn't get home until 1030 and she's like so he had dinner what did he do in between dinner and 1030
1: yeah we hear from Nicole Nicole with- an e saying that the babysitter who's the babysitter we have no idea who the babysitter is is she even real or did he just put the kids in the bedroom and you know just leave we don't have any idea who this babysitter is i feel like yeah. the babysitter could have given us a lot of information about what was going on
0: yeah that's surprising that they they didn't contact the babysitter my thought was maybe that the kids had already passed away mm-hmm. but that isn't the case they were they are still alive at this point or maybe chris had a little help from Zanny the nanny <laughs>
1: I can't even talk about her own triggered. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it is confirmed that the kids are still alive at this point because we get video footage of Chris going to a gas station to get change for what he says to pay the babysitter.
0: Right. You know,
1: It could be a coincidence that he's getting change. He could have been using that change for something else. But he says he's paying the babysitter. We kind of have to believe that.
0: Well, I just have trouble believing anything he says so that's why I'm even questioning details of a babysitter. Yes.
1: (laughs) But I think it was like Nicole telepathy in the situation. When I was watching this, when Nicole without an e was like we were at the lazy dog cafe and then you get the clip of Nicole with a k shenan's best friend saying yeah shenan was like he was at the lazy dog cafe i was like they are faking alike they are on the same page give them their their phone numbers they're gonna go get a drink together they're just like (laughs) solving this case by themselves
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) the next part that we see is kind of the repercussions of chris claiming that Shanann killed the girls the media and the public eat that up they're like she was always a crazy controlling bitch Drove him insane. No wonder he killed her and she was a narcissist and all this stuff. And how could she do that to her kids? And it's really sad to see. And Shanann's family was getting harassed as well.
1: This is all happening because, like we mentioned before, Shanann shared everything on social media. So people were digging through her social media, her Facebook, looking for anything that they could to prove that Shanann was bossy, she was bitchy, she wanted things done her way. They were just trying to do anything they could. A select, very small group of people. Not a lot of people had Chris's back, but there were some people that were just terrorizing the family and saying that Shanann did kill the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. As a family whose daughter and grandchildren are dead, I mean, that's just so not helpful and very hurtful to them. And
1: Yeah, um, we see Shanann's father saying, like, stop terrorizing our family, worry about your own life or something. It's good advice for basically anything these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, but sorry, can't do it. Can't, <laughs> can't keep my nose out of anything. (laughs)
1: I know right here we are diving diving into their their family drama (laughs)
0: Like guys you should really stay out of it except for me
1: (laughs) Except for us
0: An hour and 10 minutes in after that We see that Shanann is texting her friend And this is kind of where the point where I was like She's really sees her shortcomings as a partner and wants to grow Mm -hmm. She's like you know I've always wanted things my way And I've never thought about how that made him feel as a man So she's kind of like I do belittle him I emasculate him and, and everything And my thought was, okay, but is emasculating your husband really worthy of being murdered? I don't think so.
1: (laughs) That shows that she was pretty woke in her relationship. She knew what she was doing. She recognized her flaws. She maybe would have worked on him, maybe not be as bossy. It's hard to vouch for Chris in any situation in this case, but it might have drove him to do this. I don't want to say that, but it might have been a definite part in it.
0: Like an explanation, not an excuse sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Like It was probably a little portion of it, but you could also say that he could have brought it up and could have said that, hey, I don't like the way you talk to me. Maybe you're a little too bossy. Can we work on this together? His out was to find a new woman to live a life with, and then it just escalated from there. There was other ways in the relationship to get this fixed. That's kind of what Yeah. I was.
0: <laughs> Yes, very much so. And it's said many times that he just went with the flow. He didn't have to do that.
1: Right. Which, I mean, we also hear from the, his neighbor, the iconic neighbor with the video camera. They're yeah. saying he doesn't talk. He's very, like, subdued. He doesn't talk to anybody. So he is just a go-with-the-flow guy. So I am blaming this on Chris. It is his fault for not communicating with Shanann, his issues.
0: <laughs> yes. Do you take away anything from this, it is communication, communication, communication.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> which I feel like is a good lesson for all of us to take in our relationships
0: (laughs) yes agreed if you have a problem
1: just bring it
0: up and then hash it out Mm -hmm. a title card comes up that's three months after the murder now we're in court and so it kind of goes to the summary of what happened there and Chris Watts pleads guilty to first degree murder and first degree is premeditated is what first degree Mm -hmm. means of Shanann both girls Bella and Cece forcible termination of pregnancy and three counts of unlawful disposing of bodies so he actually without making any comments to the media or anything pleads guilty to killing the kids too the public is like what is going on what is the truth i know It's like, why
1: is he making up all these lies? Then like three months later, he's like, he, 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 JK, I did kill the kids. It's like, why are you putting everybody through this? I think he's just like, he's reaching for anything and he recognized that nobody was believing it. And he was just like, okay, I really, I tried everything and nobody's believing me. So I'll just come clean and possibly, (laughs) hopefully not get the death penalty.
0: (laughs) The judge says he chose to take their lives and I'm not going to choose to take his. So the death penalty was talked about, but he ended up not facing it.
1: Yeah. Now that Chris is convicted, essentially going to be spending the rest of his life behind bars, pleading guilty to basically three murders, killing their unborn child, Nico, and tampering with the bodies. You're not getting out anytime soon (laughs) or ever. We get the explanation from Chris of what really happened that night, which I honestly, I don't believe this is what happened at all. From all the lies that Chris told, I don't believe what he's saying he actually did. I think he did a lot worse than what he says he did. From the story that we get from Chris, Shanann gets home at 2am from her business trip where Nicole the K drops her off. She started touching Chris. They end up having sex. The morning comes around. Chris basically tells her that he's going to be leaving her. That he's done. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And he says that Shanann tells him that she will make sure that Chris never sees the kids again. Then we get Chris saying that he said he doesn't love her anymore. He basically says that he strangles her to death.
0: And something that Shanann's parents don't believe he says she didn't fight back and the parents don't believe that they're like Shenan's a fighter, even though she was pregnant, he would be all torn up. She tried to save herself, but he says, No, eh, she didn't really fight back. Even though she was pregnant, it is a fighter.
1: I still say he did this while she was sleeping, because he would not look the way he looks right now if she was up. I think he was too much of a coward to even confront her on the separation because if he wanted to talk about the separation he should have done it. He had plenty of time before. He was doing so many shady things in the past he could have easily have just brought it up before. So that's Mm -hmm. why I just I personally don't believe that he even confronted her about anything. I believe that he smothered her in her sleep. Like a coward he is. Mm -hmm.
0: Or choked her in her sleep. And it's pretty brutal to murder with your bare hands. Like that's a very personal murder. Yeah.
1: That's again why we go back to them taking pictures of him shirtless and they stripped him down during the polygraph because if he did this to Shanann there's definitely some fight back no one just takes it you right? Know? no matter how strong you are there is definitely something there's gonna mm-hmm. be some markings left on your body
0: like fight or flight I'm a chunky broad but if I think a car is following me I'm hauling ass like <laughs> I'm running for my you know it's just like instinct you don't just yep. take it so we get what happens next Bella comes into the room and is like what's wrong with mommy because you know Shanann's face down on the bed at this point point. Yeah. And Bella had her little blankie with her. The blankies are mentioned before that they're missing from the house. And this part, uh, this is when it gets so hard to listen to. He brings Shanann's body out, wrapped in the bed sheet, puts it on the floor of his truck, and then puts the girls in the car seat with their dead mother laying on the ground. I mean, just, God, I cannot imagine what the girls were going through.
1: And they're asking Chris, what's wrong with mommy? Is mommy okay? It's just so heartbreaking to even just watch this.
0: Mm -hmm. And they, asked, well, what were the girls doing? And he was like, they were sleepy, holding on to each other, sleeping in each other's arms, and I'm like, they are probably terrified, and they only had each other. And yeah. he said it's like a 45 minute to an hour drive out to his work site. And this whole time, you know, he's not thinking, man, what have I done? He's just on a one-track mind. So once he gets to the site, he so hard to say. He takes the girl's blankies. Cece's first, and smothers her with her blankie, and mm-hmm. Bella's saying, what happened to Cece? And this is so hard. Bella is crying, no daddy, no, as he's smothering her. And he says, every time I close my eyes, I hear her saying that. Yep. Following that, there's no remorse. He unenrolls the kids from preschool. He talks mm-hmm. to a realtor about selling the house, all right after, and yes. was testing Nicole without an E about their future together. Yep, like he thought there was ever going to be a future after this. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Which I wish we could have saw
1: a video of them asking him because they've had to have asked him why he was unrolling the kids from school. They've had to have asked him why he he contacted a realtor no i just wanted to see his reaction and what he said to those questions i don't know even what you would say why are you enrolling your kids in school why are you
0: talking to somebody about selling the house uh and your family is missing (laughs) like enrolling the kids is such a huge red flag because it's like there's no hope that they're coming back sort of thing and i feel like because of all of that they they didn't even have an inkling that he didn't do it
1: i know they say like a lot of times this is all premeditated but he did it so poorly he should have done some more premeditation is that what Mm -hmm. it's called
0: (laughs) well he even says i knew i was going to do it at some time he tucked the girls in that night and was thinking this is the last time i'm going to tuck my girls in
1: yep he said he just he knew it was going to happen he went to bed that night knew it was going to happen and he couldn't control it which you could (laughs) have
0: yeah and he was saying like on the car ride to the site why didn't i stop this from happening and mm-hmm. and everything and i'm like well you could have just like not i
1: oh, don't know again he's just making excuses he's mm-hmm. probably trying to show people that he's just mentally not there he knew everything that he did
0: mm-hmm. yeah it wasn't a mental break he was lucid the whole time yeah i mean like a 45 minute drive gives you time to think <laughs>
1: Yeah, with your dead wife in the back.
0: Yeah, just saying.
1: (laughs) So next we get a cut back to the courtroom where basically it's Chris and his sentencing for everything that he admitted to. We see Sandy, Shanann's mom, making a statement saying that they loved him. They thought of him like a son. They trusted him with their family. And how could he do this to them? How could he ruin their perfect little family? And then we get a cut to Cindy, Chris's mom, saying that she still loves him after everything that he did and forgives him, but they are heartbroken for what he has done. Mm
0: -hmm. And Chris doesn't make a statement. Coward. Yeah like I mean what can you say at that point? No one's gonna feel sorry for you.
1: In this moment I was like how has he not killed himself? I don't know how anybody can live with themselves after doing this.
0: Well in some of the articles that I was reading it was in the Rolling Stone and they were talking to the psychiatrist Dr. Neil Websdale and he was saying that usually Chris would be classified as a family annihilator like that's the term and usually they do kill themselves but he must have some narcissistic disorder where he felt entitled to killing them. He felt entitled to this life with Nicole that he wanted, and mm-hmm. he thought he could get away with it. And that's why this case is so unique because he didn't kill himself.
1: Yeah, he should have taken a page out of Casey Anthony's book and really did more research on how to get away with murder.
0: Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's what she
1: did. Yeah, she knew what she was doing better at this job than Chris was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we also get a statement from the judge, Judge Marcelo Copcow, and he said it's the most inhumane and vicious crime he has seen and he has overseen thousands of cases so he gets the maximum sentence. This is perhaps the most uh, inhumane and vicious crime that I have handled out of the thousands of cases that I have seen and anything less than the maximum sentence would depreciate the seriousness of this offense. Deputies I would respectfully ask that you take this defendant into custody and have served the rest of his life in the department of corrections the judge also makes a statement on television clearing shenan's name of the murders of her kids that she was accused of by chris yeah they get this real it's strong storytelling they replay the beginning and now that we have context it's so haunting it like is. the part where you know chris is like oh i found the wedding ring going to the neighbor's house they kind of replay that and with the context now it's just very chilling
1: yeah when i watched it a second time it's almost even better the second time because you know what happens now like i said before you can see chris the way he's acting the way his eyes are shifting the way he's just speaking how he conveniently goes into the girl's bedroom and immediately says the blankies are missing how he Mm -hmm. immediately goes into their bedroom and comes out with shenan's wedding ring you know he had this all staged i want to give him credit for but he really did a bad job of trying to cover this up i don't know why he thought he could get away with it with leaving literally the bed sheet at the crime scene (laughs) yeah
0: it's, it's flying in the wind yeah like a katie Perry song.
1: (laughs) Yeah it is very haunting the flashbacks that we get showing the body cam footage of Chris essentially just literally lying. There's not one truthful word that he says. You know we all kind of figured we all knew just by watching it we knew what was going to happen but it is chilling to see an actual sociopath trying to lie their way out of a murder.
0: Mm -hmm. It's such a terrible crime it's hard to conceptualize for normal people. Now the documentary is coming to a close and we see and hear a clip of from one of her Facebook videos that she's done everything she can to make her family happy. It's a cute video of the girls playing. and It's Mm -hmm. very heart-wrenching. And then with Fading to Black, we get stats, which are interesting. It says, in America, three women are killed by current or ex-partners every day. People who kill their children and partners are mostly men, and it's virtually always premeditated. That's a really interesting thing because it's kind of, he kind of says it wasn't, kind of says it was. I think that's a great segue into some of the other research I did, there is a book coming out from him where he's writing letters in prison and gives even more of a backstory that he had been plotting the murders. This was premeditated. One disturbing part was that he had actually tried to smother the girls first, Mm -hmm. but they didn't pass away. So he was very shocked when Bella came into the room because he thought they they had already passed away. So he feels like he killed them twice. I feel like scary to say (laughs) after the first time and it doesn't go really rethink like yep. what the fuck another interesting part is that he had actually tried to poison Shanann with oxycodone yep. to force a miscarriage making it easier to leave her you
1: know all this new stuff that's coming out now of him I just don't understand is he basically confirming that he lied about how he killed his family I, I just don't understand what? what he's trying to do I don't get it is when he's saying now true or is two years from now he's gonna have a different story of how he actually did
0: it mm-hmm. well and also it's like you think he couldn't get any worse and he just gets worse
1: yeah, it doesn't make any sense. bet he definitely sees the media attention. And you know what I also bet? I bet you there's a lot of women <laughs> hitting him up. Because he was a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. I'm betting that he's getting a lot of attention in prison.
0: I know. There's a lot of women that write to prisoners in prison. It's like, I think we had talked about it before in another podcast episode. The attraction to people that have committed heinous crimes. Yeah. Uh, I, so I'm sure he gets those women hitting him up.
1: Mm-hmm. He's probably living life. This is all he's ever wanted clearly.
0: (laughs) And if he is the narcissist that people think he is, then he's loving the attention and I'm sure he's very excited for his book Mm -hmm. and he has a movie about him and he's just a monster.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I never knew about this case because he's the last one living true victims in this case. Don't really get the attention they deserve. It's really all focused on Chris. It's about Chris, 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 Chris. He's in this documentary 90% of the time. He's Mm -hmm. got the spotlight. I don't like giving him that spotlight, but It is what it is, and I'm sure he's soaking it up, and I'm sure he's going to be listening to this podcast and putting a hit out on us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? They figured me out.
1: They don't believe my lies. Uh,
0: Newsflash, nobody does. (laughs) Especially not Denise.
1: Or The Neighbor. Or The Neighbor. (laughs) Or Nicole with a K or Nicole without an E. Mm -hmm. So Megan, what are your final thoughts on the case?
0: Oh god, I... Chris is disgusting. We had a lot of interesting players in this one. The documentary was really well shot. I feel like the reason it's so interesting is because it's so hard to fathom. Yeah. And unique because he didn't kill himself too. So that's people's morbid curiosity of like, how could someone possibly do this?
1: Yeah. I believe, I mean, basically the same thing. He was a monster. He came out of this with no remorse. We never see any clips of him crying over the killing of his family. Of his two little girls and his wife. Really... I believe he really all he cared about was having this new hot broad, living a life with her, and he thought the easiest out was to murder his family. I'm sorry to say, but he did it very poorly, and he could have done plenty of research to know how to do this in a better manner. <laughs>
0: Yes. Well, I'm glad he didn't get away with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. How could he when we had three queens out to get him?
0: hmm
1: hmm We had Nicole with a K, queen, which we hear that she's battling breast cancer. So, oh. Nicole, we hope we make it through. We also had Queen Denise doing mm-hmm. the polygraph. And then, oh, we also had his queen mistress, Nicole, without mm-hmm. an E, coming forward and telling the police that he was cheating on his wife. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this
0: journey. Yes, it was crazy and wild, but we made it through. We thank you so
1: much for being a part of our first two parter. This was so much fun, Megan.
0: Yes, this was a great one to do, and I had a lot of fun. A lot of intense emotions, but fun too.
1: I'm like so into this case. Like, I was on Shanann's Facebook page. I recommend everyone to go on her Facebook page. It's a remembering page for Shanann to really see her life before everything that happened. She was an amazing woman. Rest in peace, Shanann.
0: And those little girls.
1: All right, guys. So, if you want more content from Must be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms we are at crime on tap pod on instagram tiktok we are on youtube so be sure to follow us for all updates
0: of course listen to uh our other episodes of our podcast that we update every week we will see you next time where where crime crime is is always always on on tap tap.